All right, so let's get back to it. So we'll just bring it back in. All right, so we'll get through these these last beers you, and we'll get we'll get it done. Well, you were you were telling us about middle of your divorce, having a toddler, having a, a newborn. Go for it. All right, Go so how we got to here. Mm. Um, friends when we were kids always used to, you know, hypothetically do the varsity blues thing, get drunk, play football. Yeah. But we always brought it back to like, oh, dude, we're 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 doing good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Whether or not we were, that's that's a Boy. subjective that's a subjective argument. But yeah. Yeah. all the same, we were uh, we were definitely uh, we stayed out of trouble for the most part. We weren't getting arrested or fucking around. I mean, I maybe got arrested one time. Twice. Twice, <laughs> maybe. Uh, jury's out on that, but. Actually, jury's not out on that. I'm clean. Yeah. So, at least that's the way it came down from the court. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, we felt like you know our dads being active in our lives were, they were raising us right. And then out of all of our friends, I think I was the youngest to get married for sure. So I would say that in in my childhood, and I'm gonna call my I'm gonna call it a childhood because I was basically in my childhood from the age of one or when I came out of the womb until I was 23. So my childhood, um, I'm not going to say that our parents were naive or um, didn't know the stuff we were into because they, they probably did. But at the same time, I didn't. Th- that's not where they gave us a lot of guidance and they didn't really rein in on us that hard. I would say when I really started coming in tune or becoming in tune with my dad was around the 16, 17-year-old mark where I was trying to figure out who I was and what I was wanting to do with my life. Yeah. And my dad, and even my stepdad, like you said, I had two really good role models in my, in my, in my life to follow. But at that 16, 17-year-old mark, they really started pushing me and guiding me. And it wasn't a micromanaging Every day, every every Friday night, be like, you're not going out, you're not going to drink. It was conversations once a month, or hey, here here's where you are, here's where you need to be, and here's where you need to go. It was those conversations. Yeah, yeah. And then ultimately, it got to the point where I was 18 years old, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And it was basically my dad saying, "Hey, dude, you need to get the fuck in the military." And, that, and that's that's where I ended up. And I think a lot of that was because he saw guys like you, other other friends in my life, yeah, do sim- two similar things. But, it, you know, and I made the argument to you, you know, I was in, I was like, hey, man, if you, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I want to do, what I want to be. Military was a good option. I was like, even if you don't want to do the military as a career, I, I felt like it was a good place to hide out. Yeah, square you away for a while. Square you away, get college paid for, get a yeah. paycheck, good experience, but, like, it's like your life is still on cruise control in the military, so you can still have time to figure out what you want to do as a civilian. Yeah, absolutely. Which is what I looked at it as. Um, or at least I did when I first went in, you know, prior to doing the whole Ranger thing. Uh, it just, by the way, we're drinking Highlight. It is a delicious uh, India Pale Ale. It's a nice IPA. It's high gravity. It's from Cigar City Brewing in Tampa. I've been there. It's mm. delicious if you haven't enjoyed it. Very good. It's the it's the highest gravity for the lowest price, and you know, 
I would say the right. lowest. That's not my lowest price, but it's it's the most bang for your buck. Yeah, as far <laughs> as like flavor and like quality, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, a lot um, of flavor. But yeah, so I got into fatherhood pretty early. You know, I got married, I think, at 22. Conceived his first child in, in my bed. That is not a lie. Um, <laughs> he wasn't actually in his bed. <laughs> no, it was to be not. Clear. I was in a different it state. It wasn't with him. <laughs> But uh, he had a place in Destin, and mm-hmm. I had been dating my uh, would would be wife, future ex wife. Future ex wife uh, was I think a fiance at that time, or was going to be a fiance at that time, maybe in a month or so, uh, whatever it was. He gave us this place at Destin. We did New Year's there, yeah, and uh, yeah, and pretty sure my uh, my oldest, my daughter. I gotta, dude, I got it down to the date. It, it happened there. Yeah. But either way, I'm, late, not, late I'm not hung up on that. Late, late was probably conceived in, uh, well, in his bed. What, what I will say is I still kick myself and thinking, like, what, am I, what, what was I doing? I had the perfect gig. I was stationed in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. I had a house in Destin. I was stationed with a, with a, a, a roommate with a, a high school friend who's still our friend. He's just... A little out there, I guess you could say. I don't know what. Well, what do you want to characterize Aaron as? But he's come on. Oh yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Aaron's one of, our, one of our best friends for sure. Yeah. Um, he's in our network. No, I mean Ar- Aaron's up there, man. We're all close. Um, it was really interesting. It was, it was a really cool setup. But like Aaron was only there for training. Yeah. And you were there. You really didn't have anybody else there but Aaron. You guys were, you know, stationed separately, kind yeah. of. Um. He was doing the EOD thing, but um, it was a good gig, regardless. It's a good gig, nice but, place. But the whole again, looping it back into the whole podcast being about the fatherhood thing and mm-hmm. being dads now. So, um, you know, back to 2014, you know, 2013, 2014, I graduated law school, all this stuff. And you know, fast forward a couple of years, Evan gets married, has some kids, and you know, life being what it is, you know, you know, we grew up together, football together. I left for the army. He left for the air force. He was in Japan. I was on the other side of the world, Seattle. We, bo- I ended up in New Orleans. He ended up in Baton Rouge, and now we're both in Birmingham. Actually, live down the street from each other, and here we are. I'm single father with a ten year old and seven year old. Golly, ten year old. I know, so big, dude. She'll be eleven this year. It's crazy, and, you know. And he's got, in, I think, s- yours are three and one and a half. No, two no. and a half, two and a half, and four two and, and a half. half. Yeah, so two years apart. But tying it all together like that, yeah, we're yeah. So we're we're here, you know, dads now, right? And uh, we just felt like uh, dads don't not that dads don't get enough credit. It's just like people don't talk enough about fathers in general because well they do and they don't right so with adults like I said like in the <laughs> tagline I put on Instagram, <laughs> you know it says. Uh, and I was like, screwed up adults don't complain about mommy issues, right? So when somebody's jacked up as an adult, they go, oh, they got daddy issues. Absolutely. Daddy daddy didn't yeah. hug them enough. Every stripper in the world, when somebody's being a jerk and making fun of them, I'm not saying people should. I'm just saying when people are, you know, in when they want to poke fun you know, and they're punching down, they go, oh, that girl's daddy didn't hug them enough. That's right. Or when they see some emo guy walking around somewhere in black yeah. and just hating his life, like, oh, that kid's dad. Wasn't there for weak character traits. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't. Weak, yeah, weak character traits you see in adults. A lot of the times that it feels like, and I'm, again, I'm not an expert, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a sociologist. I'm just saying that when adults are fucked up, they blame it on their dads. 
That's generally where it goes. Criminals in jail? Show me a criminal in jail with a loving Mr. Rogers' father right there that was like willing to help him. They don't really exist. And if they do, that's crazy as shit. You know? So with that said, and when you look at children, all the laws... We should actually do a study on that. We should actually pull the numbers on that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, you're getting in the weeds. That's a lot of work. It is. But, yeah, to your point. I like shooting from the hip on this stuff. So, you know, let somebody else challenge me, and then I'll look up some facts. But I'm kind of going with what what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm not going Chris Chavez, flat earth on it, but... Oh. Oh, yeah. He's going to hear that. He's going to hear that for (laughs) sure. All right. Kind of so, want you to hear it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So we have a friend. Uh, we got several, now we're several not, friends. Now we're, not, we're not going down the road of my friend being totally insane, but I still love him to pieces, but he's insane for sure. Uh, but, yeah, so the father aspect of it, you know, if adults, when they're messed up, they complain about fathers not some kind of issue with fathers in childhood, right? However, when you look at children – People are not as concerned about that father-child relationship. They care more about the mother-child relationship because it's more comforting, right? Hmm. Well, that is those those two things are at odds. If you don't want screwed-up adults, you need to ensure they have a good father figure, fatherhood. You know the whole that whole aspect. But when they're kids, people are like, no, it's just about the mother, right? That's where the laws are built. Mothers get preference. Advertisements, literally, you know, moms choose GIF. Right, mm-hmm. not parents choose GIF, moms choose GIF or whatever. You know, like grocery store ads are literally pegged at GIF mothers. Peanut butter. Yeah, I'm just saying, like grocery store ads are pegged at yeah, mothers. Like dads don't buy groceries. I can't tell you. Like I told you, Mira, I, I've told you. I, I, know, I go yeah. to the grocery store and people are like, "Oh, what are you doing? Babysitting?" Uh, no, those <laughs> are my children. <laughs> Thanks, though. Uh, you know, being a dad, there's like. It's just weird for them to see a male without a female and two small children. I mean, you've got li- – it's less so now that they're bigger, but you've got little kids. When it's just yeah. you with your little kids, people are like, do you need help? Yeah. No, I get that a lot. I get that a lot, especially not w- without a wedding ring because I, l- I lost my wedding ring on a fishing trip, and I still haven't lived that one down. Piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Piece of – yeah. Go to hell – I mean, hypothetically, I'm not she saying... She didn't want I'm me not. going on that fishing trip in the first place. <laughs> and then I lose my wedding ring <laughs> on the fishing trip. Gaines wasn't born yet. He said it's on the trip, but he yeah. didn't say <laughs> it was on the boat. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I got to the store, and, you know, I, just, I haven't... In, in my career, yeah. right, so you don't... Not a lot of guys wear wedding rings anyways because it's something that gets snagged or, you know, climbing up and down yeah. tower cranes. You, or, you lose a yeah, finger. You lose a finger. So, to to my point, it's I go in the store or wherever I'm at, and I'm with my kids alone. And a lot of times, you know, my wife's begging me, like, "Hey, take the kids. I just want to get away." Uh, especially after a long week of having the kids by yeah, herself, yeah, it's like, sure. "Hey, get out with the kids. Y'all go do something. Spend some quality time." Okay, go ahead. I get out, dude. I get some crazy looks in the in the store by myself without a wedding wedding ring and um, those extended hands. Saying, "Hey, oh, you need help? What? Oh, a single dad? Oh, yeah, you, yeah." At least they give you. At least they assume that you're children. You look more wholesome than me, so I have like <laughs> all these tattoos, you know. Yeah. So like going back to who's this thug? Yeah. It's, uh, Amber Alert. Do we need yeah. to? Yeah, I almost get Amber Alerted every time. Like you, when they were little, 
So when Liam was like on a bottle, it was less than a year old in like yeah. that first summer. So Liam was born in spring. So he's four months old, five <laughs> months old, six months old with me. Leighton is three. What is, did Jacqueline just pack milk or what? Or did y'all formula? Was it? Uh, yeah, her her boobs didn't work right for the yeah. whole breastfeeding thing. Gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so they were on formula, yeah. and uh, and so it was just me with my toddler and my infant, and so we're going around places. That's the first time I realized that whole family bathroom thing. Like people are like family bathrooms are everywhere. Fuck, they are. No. They're in Target. Yeah. Walmart, and that is fucking it. That was an airport. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the every only places with family bathrooms. So, my three year old is potty trained, but she can't like. I mean, she's still tiny. She can't even open the heavy doors. So I have to go into restaurant bathrooms, mm. open the ladies' room door, get her in there. Got to clean the seat for a hot second, make sure it's clean. <laughs> not gonna get her weird, and she's not gonna fall in it because she's tiny. So I got to like sit her sideways on it, side saddle the the seat. Yeah. And then uh, I got my infant in the uh, my infant Liam. I'm like got him sitting down. He's just kind of like. Trying to figure shit out. And so I pick him up in his little carrier, and we go to the front of the bathroom so I'm not creeping ladies out. And my daughter is sitting side saddle on the seat trying to, mm, Daddy, I'm ready. And so, like, that that was literally my life for the first, like, couple of years, you know, when I, when I had my two infants. But people would see me, I have all these tattoos, and I'm, I'm a younger yeah. guy. I'm in my mid-20s or late-20s at that time. And they're just like, uh... You're an adult with those kids <laughs> or, a, or a lady somewhere? I'm like, hey, man, go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'll take care of my kids just fine. You know, like if we were in New Orleans, like we go to the zoo and stuff, and people yeah. are always like, oh, who are you? <laughs> like everybody looks so concerned for them. They look so concerned. Uh, like, is there not an adult for you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, which, in fairness, if I saw me pushing some kids around, if I wasn't being like fatherly, I might be concerned too. Mm. But. You know, it's a stigma, though. That's just, I mean, I carry the same stigma, but that's what this podcast is about. You know, it's talking about dads being involved and, you know, getting in there with their kids and, you know, doing stuff or not doing stuff, right? Because uh, this whole podcast and what we talked about when we started it was being dads or not being dads, right? So say if we had a, you know, we plan to have some guests here in the future and if, you know, what impact their father had on them, what they look for if they're going to have a, you know, if they want to have kids, yeah. if they want to have, you know, a, you know, something like that, or what the impact of not, not having, having a father. Because yeah. we both, I think we both have a lot of friends who didn't have dads, who definitely are not, uh, have not been as fortunate as us. Yeah. You know, I think we're both pretty fortunate, you know, to be able to, to work, have a career, pl- good place to live, roof over our heads. Kids are healthy, you know, two healthy, happy kids. I mean, just <coughs> that, like, just those little things are a blessing in themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, at, at the end of the day, it's, like I said earlier, it's not about the advice my dad gave me on a day-to-day basis, correcting me when I was wrong, all that stuff. I mean, it is. That, that played an impact. But it was really those pivotal years of when I was figuring out who I was and what yeah. I wanted to do. Yeah. And to have somebody there to guide me mm-hmm. into, into that decision and say, Hey, yes, yes. Th- I'm, I'm affirming. And this is, this is affirmation. I want you to do, do it, son. Yeah. No second guess. Do it. Yeah. Just do and it. And that, that was the whole, that was the, the 
That's how I joined the military. Yeah. If if you would have left it up to me, a 17, 18 year old a kid, a child, I would have been like, nah, I want I want to go do this. I, I want to keep doing this. I'm fine. I'm safe. I'm I wasn't safe, but it was. Hey, you definitely weren't safe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having I, I was fun. There, I was there. I'm having fun doing this. And luckily for me, I had those two role models in my life to say, hey, we're going to kick you out of the nest here. We know it's right. We know it's the right move. We know it's the right decision. Not necessarily make it for you, but we're going to guide you into that. And they did. And that's when the military took over. Yeah. And I'll, yeah. Call, I'll call the military, you know, the the big daddy or wh- wh- whatever you want to call yeah, it. No, it. It was, I mean, when you're a kid, your life is on cruise control because all the decisions are made for you. Yeah. Like, like you may be kind of steering your own path, but like the big stuff is, you know, it's taken care of, the, you know, that throttle, that mm-hmm. brake that's taken care of. And uh, the military definitely, uh, it doubles as, you know, your second set of parents. Like it's, absolutely. your parents pulled into one. Yeah. You know, you were in the Air Force, I was in the Army. And, uh, I mean, there is comfort in some. I mean, that's what a lot of the enlisted people. They're always very young because it's it's just like your second set of parents. It's easy to roll into that position because you're being told where you have to go, what you have to do, when you're supposed to eat, like what your career path yeah. is. Like, there's no questions, right? Like, you don't you have very little. All you have to do is adapt to discipline. Yeah. You got to know. Oh, I got to show up at this time. Okay, it's five o'clock in the morning, but I'm gonna do it because. There's consequences. Right. So at the same time, you got to say, hey, uh, somebody who's successful in the military as an enlisted person, they have to be, they have to adapt to consequences or at least know what consequences are. For sure. So. For sure. Yeah, that's a, uh, you know, that's, I think we both went into that route just because we were uh, not satisfied in our little roles in, in, Oh, absolutely. In Mobile, Alabama, which, you know, no knock on Mobile. Simmies. Getting, you know, getting West granular. Mobile, we, we, were in the, uh, we were in the, out in the woods of Mobile, for sure. And it was a, uh, you know, I was never happy with it. I was never, never into the whole uh, country vibe. I was into surfing, yeah. skateboarding, you know, like I just, it was never me. You go, go back to the Varsity Blues comment you made earlier. It's, our coach knew that we were getting pulled over by the cops or arrested or whatever it was before our parents did. It was yep. that it was that kind of town. To frame it up, it was yeah, that kind yeah, of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To just to understand where we come from. Yeah, that's that's a fact. High school football was everything and I'm not, I'm not saying that as a as a I mean I I'm gonna say hypothetically I knew a guy who may or may not have been pulled over drunk, leaving a party on like a school night in like the middle of the night and uh hypothetically. Hypothetically, obviously yeah. hypothetically. And uh and uh, and I'm like, who the computer blacked out here? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Well, uh, but so no. So back to the story. Um, you know, a guy may or may not got pulled over, and the sheriff saw him wearing a uh, maybe a Letterman jacket. So I heard, and the guy looked on, pulled out a little list in his uh his jacket, and goes, "Oh, you're a starter on defense, allegedly," and the sheriff. Said, you know, I'll just follow you home, make sure you get home safe, and that was the end of it. On like a Thursday night, being drunk. So, yeah, I mean, I've heard that those kind of things happen well, out out there. Cliche, just super, Call, just super, yeah. just Dude, super cliche I, Southern football kind of shenanigans. And you know, it, and not to say, uh, I may or may not have taken advantage of the situation. Oh, we did definitely. 
definitely, definitely, definitely did for sure did, and because I don't want to fault any like. Uh, I mean, like I wouldn't make the same decisions as an adult, but I'm not mad at the adult <laughs> that let me get by. Because <laughs> I had a good time, but uh, you got to look at it though. Yeah. Some of those same guys were. They were probably they were probably in the same role. They were probably in the same role. They probably played football at the same high school, it's to some extent. Yeah. And we were successful, and they were they wanted us to keep absolutely. being successful. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, All right. Pass that. In fairness, though, our coaches didn't have the same leniency. No. Our coaches were probably more strict than our parents. They were smart. They were a lot smarter. I, or just they knew where we would be. Yeah, exactly. They would show up to places and just like. We'll see you at 5 a.m. Oh, they're giving the cops the list of who the opening for. game <laughs> of our senior season. Uh, we had to do like. Don't we got called a Hooters? Yeah, we got called a Hooters. Mm-hmm. We got called a Hooters the opening, uh, the night before the opening game of our senior season. We got called at Hooters. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were drinking, were we? No. No, we no, weren't drinking. We were just we wearing a, our jerseys. We, were, we had high school jerseys yeah. on. We were feeling yeah. like big shots. We were like in oh, the yeah. state, we were ranked high and it was a big deal. We thought we were a big deal, and uh, we were at Hooters, and uh, our coach caught us there. And I'll hmm. never forget, like, the steamy glasses. So to put it in perspective, our coach was a, could be a very terrifying man. He's like five foot ten, about three hundred forty pounds. He could probably, you know, he could snatch a, you know. Oh, at that ra- point, he, he could snatch, bench press the world. Yeah, he you could know, snatch he's, he's a railroad guy. tie up off the ground, yeah. like you know. And uh, so. We're all laughing, having a good time at the table. And I won't forget, like everybody at the table started getting quiet. And I was like, "What do you got?" I was like, "I'm still laughing." Yeah, we had our back to the to, had, the, we to, to the approaching door. party. Yeah, 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 we had our back to the door. We're all laughing, and all the other people that was like facing inside <laughs> were like, "They shut up." We're like, "What?" We had no idea why they were shutting up. <laughs> and like, zzz, zzz, zzz. I'm like, "What? What is it? What is it?" And we uh, we look, and uh, sure enough, there's our head coach. Glasses fogged up. He's got sweat on his face. He's beading off his forehead. He starts writing down our numbers <laughs> on a napkin. 96. 99. <laughs> Just getting these numbers. I'm like, impressed you know our numbers off the top of your head. Yeah, I, High school numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he starts write, writing down these numbers, and uh, I'll see you boys. What do you say? Five, is it 5 a.m. or 6 a.m.? I'll see you in my office at 6 a.m. Yeah, see you in my office at 6 a.m. So we nice. end up doing like a couple of hundred up-downs, which yeah. in this world, in the CrossFit world, they call them burpees, right? Yep. So imagine doing a couple of hundred burpees before you had to start school that day and, and then had to play a fo- football game that night. That was yeah. the opening game of our season. But, like, but that was just about the accountability. Accountability, yeah, and so just some of the role models in our life. Yeah, yeah. So even time. though we had our fathers at home that we both appreciated, um, we also had a second set in a very – strong coaching program that had very strong accountability and principles. Like, we had to check in, right? You couldn't oh, be late yeah. for school. Yeah, check in. So we had to sign in every morning by 7.15 with the bells at 7.30. So if you weren't there by 7.15, you were late, and you get in trouble. Something happened to you. So, we had, so we've always had that discipline and that accountability. And, uh, you know, other people on our team had special privileges, and it never worked out for them. Yeah. All the best athletes on our team were treated with, you know, special privileges. Think about it. Yeah, no. How'd yeah. that work out for them? Didn't. Yeah. Right? We have uh, people who have passed away 
you know, mm-hmm. people who definitely didn't uh, reach their potential, you know, based on just their natural attributes, you know, very smart guys, very athletic guys, very gifted guys, uh, which is, again, why this podcast is here and what, you know, our goal, I think, was, at least mine was, I know we talked about it, was just, you know. I can think of two of those guys right now. Yeah. That had no male role models or father figures outside of the football program. And if it wasn't for the football program, they probably would have crashed and burned way before. Oh, way before. Yeah. Yes. So, and you know what I'm talking about. like. Yeah, I know exactly. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, anyways, so to, to back, let's, let's frame this all up again. And we recorded 30 minutes of conversation earlier that we didn't actually record so we because didn't it was, record. Yeah, <laughs> we did not record <laughs> we did 30 not minutes record of conversation. So, um, how all this came about and how we, you know, everything from the studio to the, the space and how we came together here in Birmingham. Yeah. I think you highlighted that earlier or yeah, yeah. alluded to that earlier, but. Touch on that again. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, you know, I left, uh, I got out of law school, I had two kids, divorced, ended up in Pensacola, and then my ex-wife got remarried, ended up in Birmingham, and by that time, Evan here, my dear friend, was, you know, married with one child, and they were in Baton Rouge working, and, uh, you know, what goes around, comes around, an opportunity came up in Birmingham, and his wife had a sister here already. And just by, you know, the good grace of God, you know, we ended up coming back together in Birmingham, able to, you know, live close to each other and uh, just carry on the same friendship we've had since about 14 years old. And we've been talking about podcasts and listening to podcasts for a long time. We both, you know, we, we talk about a lot of stuff. We think about a lot of stuff. And I think we both wanted to get a lot out. And uh, I think there was a area which really doesn't get touched on enough, you know, the whole dad Mm -hmm. aspect, fathers. And uh, we both wanted to tap into that and just kind of just talk about it, just open up a dialogue. And, you know, he and I talk about it, and we want to have some guests on to talk about it, Um, what having a father's like, what being a father's like, what not having a father's like, what you wish you would have had, you know, a father, Mm -hmm. you know, that whole thing. Um, we just wanted to bring some, uh, shed some light onto that and uh, bring that kind of conversation to the table because we don't think it's really been, I don't really think it's been touched on. Yeah, I think the, the more important part of that is, well, it started with you and I. Yeah. The, the two different people we are. Right. Or, or uh, let me put it this way. The two phases or seasons in life right. and how different those are for you and I. Right. You're, you're divorced. You've got two kids. Yep. Okay. And you got married at a young age. Yep. Uh, I say young age. You were out of the military. And it wasn't young for the 1800s, let's be honest. right. Yeah. So um, you were younger than I was. Oh, for sure. I got married late in life. Yeah. I was was 30 years old and still married. um, Yeah. So not divorced with two kids, a third one on the way. So two different aspects and, and really two different approaches to fatherhood. And I've always been inspired by your story. Yeah. And now I think from where I'm at, and I don't know, I'm guessing here, I'm going on a limb. We haven't even talked about this, and this is sort of a reach. But I'm saying that you're probably pretty impressed seeing where I came from and how stupid I was 
growing up and Dude, all through my 20s. You are a goddamn unicorn compared yeah. to what you <laughs> were. You were, like, I joke with people but, all the time. I'm like, Evan, like, we used to just call you the animal. Yeah. Like, we literally used to refer to you as the animal. Like, you were a fucking animal. Yeah. And, like, I, now I, when I see you with your kids and being gentle in, like, like, even in, like, in high tension moments with your wife and your kids, you're still very calm and very gentle with them. And I was like, Dude. I was like, I've watched you jack a grown man when we were in high school on multiple occasions. And I was like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I really, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm just like, I, I respect you so much for that. Like just coming from being like the aggressive animal I knew you were for pretty much your like formidable years. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. To being a, a mindful father and husband now. It's very yeah. impressive. Yeah. Could, I find that very impressive. You could put those two in either order. Uh, you know, mindful husband or mindful father, mindful father, mindful husband. Well, I think they're separate categories. I mean, they, 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 they overlap. They're those two circles with that overlap in the middle, right? They are. Absolutely. You know, like, you can be one, you could be the other, but, like, to do the same thing, that's the marriage part. So the yeah. marriage is that overlap of the circles because... You know, I think I tried to be a good husband and I tried to be a good father. Those circles separated for me because I'm not married anymore, but I still tried to retain that. And I still try to be respectful of their mom. Yeah. I don't like their mom, but I would never, you know, naysayer right. in front of them because that's their, they only have one well, mother. Because that's part of being a good father. Right, right. It, it, it's part of it, right? So those circles overlap. Yep. No matter what, those circles are going to overlap. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I 100% man, like, I know you say that, but I mean, to come from where you came from to being the guy that, like, let me hold those drinks and tell me to hit a, you know, a bouncer. <laughs> Are you like jacking knock, a grown man? Knock his Hypo ass out. <laughs> hypothetically, like hypothetically speaking, that may or may not have well, happened. Um, but just saying, just from going from that guy to the respectful um, husband, father you are, it's, it's been a tremendous journey, I think, for both of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll say this. So from seeing you at a young age being squared away and, and I, all right, so when you got married, I was like, okay, Phil's going to do great at this. He's, all right, now they're expecting that he's got married. He's had his first kid. He's had a second one. Oh, shit, he had a divorce. He's getting a divorce. Okay. He's going to handle it. I don't doubt that. Now, how's he going to do as a single adult or a single father? Okay. Jury's still out? Yeah, jury's still out. What? Yeah. No, it's not. I think, you, I think <laughs> you've done a great job. I think you've done a great job. But then in, in, in almost on the, the polar end of the scale here is seeing me coming from what I was now to a husband, a father, and all that in a later stage in life or a different season of life. Yeah, we're, we're I mean... Age-wise, we're at the same level. Uh, professionally, you're ahead of me because I've I put my whole professional life on pause and just kind of backpedaled to focus on my personal life. Um, but but, it, know, but isn't that the, the part of it, though? Isn't it saying I'm coming to you for fatherly advice a lot of times? I, and, I don't and think even you do. Dude, and you professional do, advice. Nah, right? you, you do. You do. Did I, whether you, you know it or not, I do. Uh, I think you do. It's in a bro moment here, I but know, I'm just, know, I'm but just I th saying. I think you, you, like, your handle on it is good. Uh, yeah, I hear you. And I, cause I see you handle things better than I would handle things. And I know that. But for you to point... Okay, so back up. Let's, let's, let's camp out on that for a second. 
for you to sit there and say, man, he handled that a lot better than I could have handled it. We haven't been in that situation in a long time, though. Ah, that's true, because my, my kids are older. Uh, but not that it is a benefit, but the loss of my children that day-to-day yeah. also makes me more mindful of every moment. Mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, you're so great with your kids, which is, it is a compliment. And I, I understand that, and I'm bad at taking compliments in general. But I don't see it as doing anything special now because I, I, my kids aren't with me all the time. Right, so it's easy to be, it's easier to be just super jacked to be around them and want to do awesome things with them because I don't, I don't get the opportunity to even take them for granted, right? Because I don't get to see them. So when, I, when I'm not with them, I just long for them, right? I just think about them all the time. So when I get them, I'm, a lot, I'm just so much more mindful than I was when I had my daughter all the time, right? Like, yeah. I don't think, I, I definitely was, and I, I don't know that I can say that I'm the same caliber of father that I was. Well, we can wrap it up. I think it's about that time. But uh, I don't know if I was the same caliber of father pre-divorce than I was post-divorce. But um, I think Evan is about to PSP pants. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I got pissed. Oh, but uh, hey, hey, look. Uh, this is intro to our podcast. The studio is still getting worked on, but we're going to put more of these out at least once a week. Thanks, everybody.